And we had a few um, parts and pieces that were just going bad with the agitator, and yeah. we needed help with the curd mill and with a pump. And Bill overheard us saying, hey, uh, who should we call? And, and Bill said, I- I'll take a look at that. And he did. He fixed it. It's like, we got to move Bill out of packaging, like, right now. <laughs> so, it's so those little things, you know, you the pump that works. You go in and tip it all apart, put new pieces in, put it back together, and hey, that works good. So it's fun. It's enjoyable. I feel like you work at it. Nothing, as you can see, is, is new here. Um, and a lot of the pieces and parts are over 50 years old. So it's constant maintenance and uh, restoration and um, building new parts and gears and pieces. So he's in Bill's totally connected with a lot of the old-time machine shops in town and he's able to create those gears that we can't buy anymore Um, we really have a unique uh, team member that has added greatly to rogue creamery and helping preserve it for another generation yeah this is real food handmade by people who love what they do This is Cheese by Hand. Today on Cheese by Hand, we introduce you to David Gremmels, co-owner of Rogue Creamery with his partner, Carrie Bryant. We wanted to incorporate the cheese in our wine bar concept, and Ig said, frankly, if we want the cheese, we should make it ourselves. And, uh... Our jaws dropped, and uh, he said, yes, if, if you really want my cheese, uh, I'm going to close her down, so why don't you uh, consider acquiring her? We spent three weeks uh, privately thinking about that decision, and we thought we could actually do it we brought to the table something that was uh, needed in the business. We had business experience, marketing experience, and of course, with Carrie's background in microbiology, we had that technical experience as well. So on a handshake on July 1, after making a vat of Oregon blue cheese, we made a decision to move forward and acquire the creamery. So this whole setup sounds like something out of a movie, right? Couple walks into a creamery just wanting to buy some cheese and they meet the older seasoned cheesemaker who tells them they shouldn't buy cheese. Nope, they should buy the creamery and become cheesemakers instead. And then the plot thickens. The couple not only thinks about it, but they do it. They buy the creamery. Now, in the movie version, there would be lots of shenanigans, montages of machines spinning out of control and flinging cheese curd everywhere, but sales would be great, and in the end, it would all work out. Well, the real-life version definitely has a similar beginning and end, but the middle part, well... Maybe a more realistic montage would show less curd flinging and a lot more number crunching, business planning, 
and long conversations leading to somewhat difficult decisions. Here's David. When an individual understands what goes into our most expensive cheese, the Rogue River Blue, when we're actually out there picking the leaves and macerating them in the O to V, they realize, wow, you know, maybe you're not charging enough. So we really try to be conscientious of our price, and we want it to be as available as we can. But certainly we have overhead and we have team members and we are supporting 35 families here and it's important to make a profit so that we can sustain ourselves for the future so as you can see we're not making lots of money it's a lot of old machinery here and uh, what we do make goes right back into the facility there were a number of uncertainties because we didn't realize the restoration that was needed in the facility, the overdue repairs of machinery uh, and such. So we ran into a lot of expenses that were not planned for initially and uh, we thought we'd have to sell one of our personal residences in Seattle, but we sold both and a vacation property. So yeah, as we've poured everything we own into this creamery and uh, in creating its uh, sustainable future. While this kind of personal investment is not uncommon in the artisan cheese business, it is always humbling to hear cheesemakers talk about it. Signing on for that degree of risk really flies in the face of the romantic vision most of us have of the people who decide to make artisan cheese for a living. In their first year of ownership, David and Carrie made tremendous headway in getting Rogue Creamery back on the national map. David took samples of their cheese to the fancy food show in New York that first summer to get feedback from industry veterans. Armed with that information, he and Carrie worked tirelessly to make adjustments, and they paid off. Big. Nearly one year later, Rogue Creamery was awarded the honor of Best Blue Cheese at the World Cheese Awards competition held in London. Of course, there were other more sobering learning experiences during that first year, too. We, um, we hit an interesting period um, within four months of owning the creamery. We uh, had a recall, and it was um, a recall of 15 pounds of cheese. Uh, it, it expanded to 250 pounds, but it really did impact us um, more personally. And we so, like anyone, took it very seriously and followed the procedures by the book, but felt, wow, you know, four months into this, it just hit us so, so hard. And we knew we had to make changes and make changes quickly. It was a post-production contamination. It was in packaging. So we move forward quickly to create a HACCP plan. HACCP is hazardous analysis critical control points. So what one does in creating a HACCP plan is you define all the critical control points in your process. So for example, let's talk about refrigeration. What are the critical control points? What is that critical temperature at which you have to question 
the safety of your cheese. Is that 40 degrees? Is that 38 degrees? Is that 50 degrees? And at what point, at what stage can the cheese be at those certain stages and for how long? If it goes beyond those time limits, then you have to decide, well, okay, it was left out 10 minutes longer than anticipated at 50 degrees. What are my steps? I throw it away. So each critical control point is defined specifically for the business that adopts it. And you define every process within your business. Listening to David, you get a clear sense of how committed he and Carrie are to producing cheeses that are delicious and safe for their consumers. If you pay close attention, you'll also notice that David and Carrie are completely dedicated to preserving the role that Rogue Creamery has played in Southern Oregon and honoring the legacies of those who owned it before them. And when you hear the two of them talk about this aspect of the business, Igvella starts to seem less like a tired businessman looking to retire and offload his creamery, and much more like some kind of seer of the future. Rogue Creamery is into its third generation. It was actually started in 1928 by a cooperative and then acquired by a Thomas Fella in 1935. And he held the reign of the Rogue Creamery until his 100th birthday. And he gave the reign to Igvella, his son, in 1997. Carrie and I made a commitment to preserve the recipes that he and his father developed and to build on the history and legacy that his father and he had built in the creamery. We are the oldest producer of raw milk cheeses in the Pacific Northwest. It is a part of our tradition. The Velas have always made cheese with raw milk here on this facility, both in cheddar and blue. Yeah, it's uh, raw milk cheese is a part of our history, and it's uh, very important that we preserve that technique uh, for the future of our creamery. Yeah, so that's why we're so committed. When David and Carrie took over the creamery, there were approximately three employees remaining. Now they're up to 35. The facility is bustling, from the cheese-making room to packaging, and even the small on-site retail store. Given the success of their cheeses in the national and international markets, one would think that they were operating at capacity, because the market for cheese today is bigger than ever. So we asked David about their plans for expansion. Oh, actually, this is our retail store. We'll send their own truck. So. Cool. Yeah. How's it going, Helen? Okay. Yeah? Are we going to make it? Yep. Yay, <laughs> Helen. <laughs> I can always count on Helen. We are a third of our capacity in this facility. At its heyday, it was producing cheese three shifts a day and uh, was certainly uh, making cheddar and blue cheese for larger distributors like Borden and Kraft. We don't plan to take it to that level. Our goal is to reach a very comfortable level of production and um, we're, we're close in approaching that level in production. We don't want to go beyond one shift a day, and certainly seven days a week is a lot. I think we're 
within one year of reaching the level at which we want to be, which is about a third of where this creamery was in the late 50s, and certainly is a hundred times where it was four years ago. So I think we're there. Do you feel that there's a um, push or kind of a strain to maybe have you reduce the number of cheeses you have to increase your production of the cheeses as you get bigger? Or how does that, how do you kind of walk that line? Because there is so much hand, so many steps of the handmade. And you can't get away from that. And, and ramping up isn't necessarily a um, economy of scale mm-hmm. that a lot of people think happens when you get big. Mm-hmm. They think like, oh, well, then you just have the machines do it. Or, but because there's so much, as you were saying, the salting that has to happen every day, the flipping and the picking out of the, the wax, like how, you know, what, what, do, you, do you have a number in your head that says, like, this is about as far as I think we can go before things really have to change? Um, we're in that process right now of analyzing that and looking at that. Carrie and I made a commitment to um, always have hands in every process that we do here to be true to being an artisan cheese company. And, and being true to being an artisan cheese company, uh, we will do as many processes as we can by hand including cutting the cheese by hand, uh, picking the wax out of the veins by hand, hand wrapping foil uh, around the cheese. Um, So uh, hand tending, quarter turning, salting, flipping, all of that by hand. Uh, Again, uh, um, the hands are so important in the process of making an artisan cheese. Even with all of its history, Rogue Creamery is really no different than any other artisan creamery in that there is a tremendous amount of consumer education involved in selling the products. But Rogue does have a slight advantage because they've been a fixture in their community for over 75 years. The taste, I think, is one reason people are here, but uh, more importantly, they're here for the reputation for the legacy that was built here. And um, because of Rogue Creamery's participation in the community. And uh, so that's what brings people in the door. And then they're really taken back by the cheese and its taste. A lot of people come through the door and they don't like blue. You know, they've never tasted an artisan blue. Um, They only know commercial blues. it's different. It's very different. And uh, so they taste our blue, and yeah, we win them over. So um, not everyone starts here as a blue cheese lover, but they end up being a blue cheese lover. For those of us who love cheese, we imagine that anyone working at a creamery would be driven to do so because of an undying love of the cheese itself. In many cases, this is true, but not always. And one of the coolest things about the staff we met at Rogue Creamery is how many of them have come on board for non-cheese-related reasons. Like, because it's a place they remembered from their childhood, coming to get warm curds at 5.30 in the morning on their way to go out fishing with their fathers. Or because it's a wonderful place to work where they can feel invested in something meaningful. Or because they are skilled machinists 
looking for dilapidated equipment to fix. Hearing the staff talk about these experiences was a kind of lovely reminder that there is no single reason for people to spend their days laboring over the processes and systems that produce handcrafted cheese. Rather, there are a million reasons. Many of them will catch us by surprise and possibly lead us somewhere unexpected. Carrie and I never thought we'd be cheesemakers. And we really think that the creamery found us. We don't know how it happened, but we just landed here one day looking for cheese. Three weeks later, we found ourselves making cheese. Four years later, we found ourselves as cheesemakers and training apprentice cheesemakers. And no one at Rogue Creamery came into it knowing they'd be a cheesemaker. They just stumbled into this environment or this creamery found them through word of mouth and uh, it's a it's an interesting rogue experience being a part of rogue creamery it's, it's been unpredictable for all of us here not one of us has a, has planned to be a cheesemaker in our life candy <laughs> yeah it's certainly rock candy in my mind when you taste rogue river boil oh, 